You're listening to Saturday Morning Rewind with Tim Nidell. Let's go back in time when turtles roam the sewers of New York. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. I am the and knowing was half the battle. Go, go! It's time for Saturday Morning Rewind. Welcome to another episode of Saturday Morning Rewind. And let me just tell you, this episode is going to be amazing. It's probably one of my favorites I've ever done. So before I go into it, I need to give a quick shout out to a very loyal listener out there. Gary, I know you're listening right now. He sent in this amazing medley that you're hearing right now. It is a mixture of some of the classic Disney afternoon theme songs. It's got uh, DuckTales and uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Here, I'll just stop real quick so you can listen for it. But I'm going to start using this every now and then on the podcast as either an intro or an outro for the episodes. So Gary, thank you so much. It really does sound amazing. I love it. Oh, make sure to follow Gary on Twitter. His Twitter is at DarkwingGaryL. Gary also just got married this past week, so uh, here is a little special present from me to you. Enjoy. Gorge, howdy, Gary and Lindsay. Uh, heard you got married recently, and I just wanted to wish you all my best. Oh, uh, by the way, this is your old pal Goofy. <laughs> oh! Anyways, like I was saying, this episode is amazing. It's my favorite episode, or one of them at least. Bill Farmer is going to be on. Yeah, the voice of Goofy and Pluto. Perfect! Bill has been voicing Goofy for the past 25 plus years. And of course he was involved in one of my favorite cartoons as a kid, Goof Troop. And speaking of Goof Troop, for this episode I'm giving away a copy of Goof Troop Volume 1 on DVD. And for the very first time ever, I am opening up the contest to Worldwide. So as long as you can play a Region 1 DVD, you're more than welcome to, to enter the contest. Uh, you have until October 31st. I will draw the name on November 1st and notify you via email. So make sure to do it now. Just go to hitrockbottom.org slash saturdaymorningrewind.html. On the left-hand side there, there's a contest form. Fill that out. Use the secret word goof. So make sure to do that now, and good luck. I'm also working on a huge Christmas giveaway and a very special Christmas episode of the podcast. I'm probably going to have some multiple DVDs and some Blu-rays, Christmas ornaments. I've even been thinking about like an animation cell to put in there. Uh, some rare retro cartoon merchandise. You know, whatever I can find. So make sure to follow me on Facebook and Twitter because I'll be, I'll be explaining more in the, in the weeks to come. And all the links can be found on the same website. And of course, if you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, please remember to, to give me a little rating on iTunes. Not a little one. I prefer a higher one. But, you know, it really it really does help out. I guess that's about it. Here is Bill Farmer, the voice of Goofy and Pluto. Enjoy. Bill, I, thank you so, so very much for joining the show. I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan of your, of your work, of your voice. So thank you so much. It's a huge privilege. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. And it's, it's kind of ironic how much you actually sound like Goofy, just your regular voice. Yeah, we're melding into one. Uh, <laughs> the more I do this, gosh, I'm starting to sound more like him. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just going to ask you before we get started to kind of hear some Goofy, yeah. but I guess I can check that off my list. 
Sure. I, I need to know wh- which one is his hardest thing to say is goofy. Which one of his um key, you know, his, his laugh is gorsh or uh, his... the laugh was hardest to learn uh, in the beginning because uh, there's a lot of little variations on it, and um, um, because you just have to kind of like uh, there's the short one, there's the. Oh, yeah. And then there's a longer one, which, oh, yeah, oh, 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 oh. and then sometimes when he just gets really tickled, it's, and that can, uh, that can wear, wear you out. <laughs> that or the goofy yell, the, oh. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, I love that. All right, now let's go back a long, long, long ways ago when you were a kid, right. when, when you were a kid, were you a cartoon kid? Oh, absolutely. I really was one of those kids that uh, would try and watch all, you know, CBS, ABC, NBC. On Saturday morning, they all had the uh, different cartoons, so I was trying to go back and forth and try and catch them all. Because, of course, you, in those days, you couldn't tape uh-huh. anything, so <laughs> you'd go back and forth. And, it, you know, uh, I always do the joke that it, uh, it sounded like, Hey, Rocky, watch me fully rabbit out of my head. Uh, yes, Inspector. Dudley Dwight to the Mounties. Where's Little Nail? Well, see, dog. Come crunch cereals. Stays crunchy, even in milk. <laughs> and then my parents would turn the set on. You know, it was kind of <laughs> one of those things. But uh, no, I was. I was a cartoon kid and a sci-fi kid and monsters and all of that kind of stuff. Now, did you ever try to uh, copy Goofy when you were a kid? Well, he was my favorite Disney character, uh-huh. uh, but I didn't get a chance to see him that often. The only time I could see him was uh, usually on, like, The Wonderful World of Color when they would occasionally have a goofy cartoon. You didn't see him too much, So, but of the Disney characters, he was my favorite, and I remember watching him with my dad, you know, like sitting on his lap watching the, the Sunday night show, And uh, but I really didn't practice it at that time, um, and not until I was totally grown that I, I kind of played with the voice a little bit and figured, hmm, I'm kind of close on that. At what age was that? Probably about 30. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. I started stand-up comedy when I was about 30. Um, I'd always done voices and in high school and in college, I was always the guy that we'd drive through places like Burger King and they'd say, do a weird voice. Cause I had that <laughs> propensity for doing impressions. And you know, I'd, I'd like a Whopper with cheese and Arnold, a pig would like a Coke and they'd look out and my <laughs> friends would laugh. And that's as far as it went for a long time. My degree was in broadcast journalism. So when I was in radio, I developed a lot of different characters, that I would just bring into the studio and do little, uh, you know, uh, interviews with myself, basically. And that's kind of where it really started. It's, it's funny you say that, because I was going to mention, um, when I was about nine years old, I used to take my little tape recorder, record my favorite cartoon characters, and then pretend like I was interviewing them. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. I would do that. Uh, most of the time in those days, I would use live action. Like, I would do the news. And, uh, you know, in days it would be like, Walter Cronkite with the news. And now we're going to the big forest fire. And I would take paper and I'd uh-huh. pull it up in front of the microphone and, and just do all little sound effects and stuff like that and try and create um, you know, little radio shows on a, an old tape recorder. And, uh, yeah, so I've been doing that ever since I was a little warped kid. <laughs> and then here I am. I'm actually interviewing Goofy. So it just comes back around. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> now, I, I read that you got one of your first jobs when you were 15 doing some voiceover stuff, and you did John Wayne. Can you still do John Wayne? Well, of course I can do a John Wayne. I'd get out there and 
course, I grew up in Kansas, and so we would uh, have a, a you know pep assemblies on Friday afternoon for that night's football game. And they'd have me come out as John Wayne, and I'd, well, we're going to be beating them Dodge City demons and getting them wagons in a circle, and that's eh, great, you know, and everything. Uh, so I was kind of pushed in front of people. They uh, kind of liked me to do that. And so I developed, you know, I started writing a little bit comedy uh, of comedy, and then in college we'd have band breaks, and they'd say, "Former, get up and do some kind of voice," you know. And so I, <laughs> I learned to uh, write that way. I had to have something to say, so I'd write little scenarios and jokes and things, and it just kind of uh, morphed into uh, uh, a career <laughs> over a long period uh-huh. of time. Oh, you did Pat Buttram a couple months ago, and me, I must say, he's one of my favorite. Voices you know, uh, ever. I got to work with him uh, shortly, uh, right before he passed away. His last movie, I believe, was a goofy movie. Oh, okay. And he had a small part in that, and it was a big thrill to get a chance to meet him. And he was great. He was like 84 years old, and he was sitting around telling me all sorts of jokes and things like that, and he was just kind of one of them guys that was on, you know, and uh-huh. he'd just try out material on you, even at that age. You know, you'd think <laughs> he'd have it down, but no, he was trying out new stuff all the time. Now, you mentioned uh, doing those little pranks at, at the, at the, you know, to the people when you're ordering food and everything. I've always wanted to know this from a Disney person. Do you ever go to Disneyland and do the same thing? Yeah, what I what I will do, not too much pranks or stuff, but uh, if I'm in line uh, for a ride or something, and let's say there's a little kid who's tired, and he's always hanging on his dad's head, nah, I don't want to go on this, I want to go home, or uh-huh. whatever, and I'll just stand there and just kind of, when he's not looking, go, oh, yeah. and then the kid will <laughs> like, what? And he'll turn around, look around, and I'm just <laughs> not doing anything. And he doesn't know where that came from. And I'll just drive him nuts like that. And, you know, Daddy Goofy's Goofy's not here. Be quiet. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And occasionally people will, you know, let me know. I'll I'll whisper to uh, the walk-arounds occasionally. Uh Whoosh, I'm your voice. Uh, And they get a big kick out of that. And I'll just, but they never break character. Never had in 27 years of doing this job. Never have broken character yet. Wow. Uh, uh, they have to hold back, I'm sure, because I would go insane if I ever did that, if I was in costume and you came around. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, uh, <laughs> it it surprises the heck out of them. Now, how many years have been doing Goofy now? 27. Good uh, Lord. 20, 28 years in January. 27. First, congratulations, first of all. That's amazing. Uh, what was your audition like to get Goofy? It was really underwhelming. Uh, at the time, there were, back in 1986, I just moved out here from Dallas on the advice of an agent in Dallas who said, well, with all the voices you do, you ought to give a shot to Hollywood. I got an apartment out here, uh, sent out my demo tape, and was able to get some interviews with agents out here, and got an, uh, an agency to represent me. I stayed out here, and I didn't know, you know, if I was going to make it or anything, so I left my wife in in Dallas, and at that time I was a stand-up comic and traveling the country doing comedy clubs, and so I kind of based myself out of here as opposed to Dallas, where I was living at the time. Mm -hmm. My agent just said, do you do any of the Disney characters? Um, At the time, there were four or five guys doing uh, Mickey and Donald and Goofy, and uh, they wanted consistency. Uh, Roy Disney, Michael Eisner wanted to 
always hear the same voice. That's, so there was a big audition yeah. of about oh a thousand people or so um, all through Hollywood, and they liked mine. I just got a cassette of the original voice, Pinto Colvig, uh, practiced it over the weekend, went into the booth on Monday, laid them down, and kind of forgot about it. <laughs> and then about a month and a half later, they said, they want to use you as Goofy. And I'm not, like, signed to a big contract. You are now the voice of Goofy. <laughs> no, it was for one job, going in and doing a couple of lines. I didn't know if it was for once, twice, whatever. I went in. I was terrified the first time because it was looping to an existing cartoon, just replacing dialogue, oh. which I'd never done. Got in the booth and was able to get through that okay. And... uh that was kind of it. And, oh, that was great. Okay. You know, and not saying we'll see you soon or anything like that. And then about a, a couple of weeks later, they called me back and I did another one and then another one and another one. And by that summer, we I figure, well, this is pretty, uh, this is pretty, you know, kind of a steady thing. So I brought my wife out from Dallas when we've been here ever since. What, what kind of prep work did you do? To... I just, it was a straight... Uh, voice match, just trying uh -huh. to do the same lines that Pinto had done in such cartoons as uh, Boat Builders, uh, Lonesome Ghosts, uh, Clock Cleaners, those. So they were lines like, hmm, something wrong here, or I know you, you're a ghost. <laughs> and I even had to sing in that first audition. It's come to think of it, it was like from a uh, on it, I think, uh, what was it, from Mickey and the Beanstalk. Oh, and yeah. it was where he sang, Turkey, lobster, sweet potato pie, pancakes piled up till they reach the sky, da da da, da. You know, that, uh -huh. that thing. So I gave that a shot and just uh, laid it down. And I, like I say, they liked it, and uh, they're still using me. <laughs> At what point did you start um, supplying the bark for Pluto? Uh, it was around the same time. Actually, it was in the same... It just kind of came up very, uh, you know, serendipitously, I guess. In the same projects, they had a quick little, they needed a quick little bark for Pluto. And I, I said, well, I can, I can bark. I can do that. And, whoa, you know, I did my bark and they liked that. And I kind of studied a little bit later on, actually. It was after the fact. And they said, oh, that's great. So they just used it. And it's just very convenient for them to have both dogs there at the same time. <laughs> so I've been doing that just as long. But how dare you take a job away from Frank Welker? He's always the dog. <laughs> well, uh, Pluto sounds more like, I think, a guy doing a dog than an actual dog. <laughs> there you Frank. go. And I don't think her, uh, Frank's hurting too much. I don't think so. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a, a favorite moment as Goofy, either a recording moment or just, just whatever, an appearance moment? Oh, there's several, um, gosh, several things come to mind. I think the best project I did was a Goofy movie. The reason is that was in theaters nationwide, and I got to go see it with a normal, regular audience and watch them enjoy it. And seeing your character on a big screen is also very special, and mm -hmm. it's kind of surreal, really. Uh, I'd been in a couple of movies earlier. Um, one of the only on-screen things I've done is the movie RoboCop, which oh, I yes. did when I was back in Dallas, <laughs> and I had a little on-screen thing. But... Um, uh, and that's a little weird seeing yourself on, on screen. I kind of like it more as a cartoon character. I don't critique myself saying, yeah. oh, I look terrible. <laughs> um, and, but hearing yourself on screen as an iconic character like Goofy was just amazing. Also, occasionally I'll get to talk to kids on, uh, on the, you know, that are in hospitals and stuff with uh, famous phone friends, uh, 
Make-A-Wish Foundation, those oh, kind yeah. of things. That would be and awesome. that's really when it, the magic comes alive because you're talking to this kid who really it, – it's like being Santa Claus in a way. It's uh, – you're talking to these kids that really want to talk to you and it just comes alive. It really – the magic is there. And we always get letters later on where – a lot of times the kids are like, you know, shocked or something, or they might be just uh, under the effect of medication and stuff like that, and they don't talk back much. So I mm-hmm. do a lot of the talking. And we'll get a later uh, letter later on say, I don't know why he didn't talk when you were online. He talked like <laughs> for the next three weeks about it. And it's kind of overwhelming for them. But it's very special to uh, let them know that this, you know, the uh, that I actually am going back and forth with a, a kid and I'm really goofy to him, whereas most of the time I'm in a studio, a little glass booth and a, a script. I don't get the sense of uh, magic that these characters have for the audience until you either see it in a theater or talk to someone live on, on the telephone. Yeah, I, I have three girls myself, and I can totally relate to what you're saying because we, you know those Disney calls they do where you can pay a certain small fee where they have a character call you? Uh-huh. We did that yeah. for for a Disneyland trip a couple of years ago and I told him, you know, wait by the phone, somebody's going to call you and we did Goofy and Oh, they, wonderful. They they loved that. So I can just I bet you it would be so amazing for those children who are so, you know, misfortuned and and in the hospital or whatever to hear your voice just to bring up their spirits would be amazing. Yeah, it's kind of weird to hear your own voice calling you, which happened on the Disney cruise ship uh, <laughs> last year. I got a wake-up call and my wife answered it and i said who was that and she goes it was you <laughs> <laughs> now do you do anything special to to get into goofy character before you, you record uh probably the first couple of years when it was more me doing a voice match with pinto colvig i would i would have a cassette in the car and i would go over you know some basic goofy lines to get back into it but uh, after a couple of years, it kind of became more me, and it, it, we kind of melded a little bit, and I started adding more of my little vocalizations to the character, little things that I like to do with it. And now, no, I don't have uh, – it's so much a part of me, and I've done it you know, 3,000 different projects <laughs> for Disney, um, that it's just kind of like, yeah, we, we've melded into one. Now, one of my favorite shows of all time – has to be Goof Troop, of course. I grew up on that. It's it's still an amazing show. I finally got them on DVD because they finally released them on DVD. That's what I, yes, yes, I heard that. Yes, and so I got the first two sets, and they're amazing. Now, tell me about Goof Troop. You know, tell me your favorite stories, uh, anything you have of Goof Troop I would love to hear. Well, it was a little intimidating. It came out, I think we were recording around 1990 on that show. And it was the first series I'd ever done. And the cast on that was a stellar cast. It had everybody. It Mm -hmm. had uh, Jim Cummings. It had Frank Welker. It had Rob Paulson. It had uh, April Winchell, Nancy Cartwright. Uh, I mean, all of these people. uh, And, you know, working with them, the top people in the industry, it was very, and I had the title uh, role in the show, and it was my first one. So I felt very intimidating being in this room of tremendous talents. That uh, uh, and, and so sitting next to them about, uh, and it was done ensemble. We were all in the studio at the same time. Read it like a radio play. Mm-hmm. Um, just just working with this talent really made me a much better actor, and I learned a lot about the craft by doing that. Uh, 
and um, I'm trying to think of any individual things, but uh, gosh, just I remember the overwhelming feeling of being with all of these great actors, and it was just like I, I thought to myself, I get paid to do this. This mm-hmm. is like this is like heaven. It's it's really it's really a lot of fun. It's hard to get the work. That's very hard. Once you get the work, then it can be it's fun time. Yeah, yeah. And Jim Cummings, he's by far one of my, he probably is my favorite voice actor out there. Yeah, he's amazing. He is amazing. I mean, everything from Winnie the Pooh to Pete. And, of course, uh, he's been doing those as long as I have been doing uh, as Goofy, uh-huh. if not longer. And, uh, uh, yeah, working with Jim is just, uh, there's just no one better. Now on the show, Goofy was a single dad. We all knew that. They, right. never, they never said why. You know, I've asked that many, many times. People ask me that all the time. Where's Goofy's wife? Uh-huh. I think we had to do a new cartoon. The mystery of Goofy's wife. <laughs> Who is this woman that we don't know anything about? So I started making up scenarios because they have no official backstory. I'd ask Disney, oh, who is Goofy's wife? You know, I think it's Jessica Rabbit before Roger, <laughs> but that's my theory. Oh, well, you, you would they wish, don't yeah. don't really have anything. And so we we get to make up whatever we want, I guess. But maybe I ought to write a movie about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at, at least maybe throw Clarabelle Cow in there, maybe. But then again, you yeah. know, Max would have to be like a morph between a cow and a and a dog, so that'd be a little yes. weird. But yeah, I can see another one of those, maybe a short, maybe a how-to, you know, video. Of, yeah, of, that would be wonderful. Get Corey maybe Burton to do the voice. You're finding Goofy's wife. Finding a wife is a very important thing. And <laughs> yeah, go go to Disney tomorrow and pitch that, and let me know how it goes. <laughs> now, I, I wanted to spend a little bit of time on um, uh, Wayne Allwine. Yes, we recently lost him a few years ago. He did the voice of Mickey Mouse for many, many years. Oh, terrific, yeah. terrific guy. Great voice, great guy. Do you have any stories about Wayne? Oh, Wayne was one of the funniest people you'd ever meet in your life. He really could crack us up uh and we quite often have to stop recording because rusi his wife who uh-huh. did Minnie mouse rusi taylor um we'd get giggles and you know we'd be on the floor laughing and we couldn't record and people are in the booth are like ah yeah guys we got to record this thing can we get back to work and we're just cracking up and everything wayne was uh, an amazing talent he uh, was a great uh, musician he was a sound editor, won an Emmy for that on Steven Spielberg's Amazing Stories for hmm, editing on really? that. He uh, um, was a Foley artist. He was a, a drummer, uh, you know, and played also ukulele a lot and guitar and could play about anything. And just well, all the stuff that he did as Mickey was about 5% of the talent the guy had. My and way. also, unlike any of the other studios, and I've worked for Warner Brothers and, do, and done Bugs and Daffy and Foghorn and stuff, all of those over the years. But the Disney family became like a real family. Tony and Selmo is like Donald. Rusi is like Minnie. And Wayne was Mickey. And I certainly have melded in, in, into Goofy and Pluto. <laughs> so yeah, I, I kind of cover the dog end of that. But uh, no, Wayne was just an incredible talent uh, and a very generous guy. And uh, gosh, you know, there's so many stories of traveling down to uh, Florida when we do radio remotes and we might do one or two, maybe 300 radio interviews in a week down there when they had a new event like the opening of uh, uh, Animal Kingdom or, or, or something else. And we would do these, you know, and the man was so great at ad libs and just be in character 
and he is never at a loss for words and just was a tremendous talent that, uh, unfortunately, most people only heard about 5% of what yeah. he was capable of. And it's got to be hard for Rusi to continue on with the voice of Minnie, you know, without yes. her Mickey. Uh, absolutely. It, uh, it It's very tough for her, as you can imagine, because they were... They were Mickey and Minnie. They were closer than any married couple I think I've ever seen. Uh, they were so deeply in love, and they just, just like a yin and yang, they just fit each other and made a whole. Um, and they were just, they embodied the, the love that, uh, you know, those characters had for e have for each other, Mickey and, Mickey and Minnie. So they'll always be Mickey and Minnie to me. Yeah. Now, now is she working up with you with the new Mickey Mouse shorts? Absolutely, yes. Uh, a lot of the ones today, and the Mickey Mouse shorts are included, um, we have to um, uh, do them individually, our lines individually. We go into, with nonlinear editing and Pro Tools and all of this, we can record, let's say I do five takes, and they take my best one, they do Rusi's best one out of five takes, and they marry them together in editing. Whereas in the old days, we do it more ensemble. Yeah. A lot of times you still get a chance to do that, but uh, in most of the Disney shows, it's we do them one at a time. So I don't get to see her except socially uh, and coming into the studio when I'm leaving or, or vice versa. So unfortunately, I don't get to work with her as much as I'd like to. And Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, is that no longer being filmed? Yes, we finally wound the last uh, season, our fifth season, after about recording for about six, almost seven years on wow. that. It debuted in 19... 2006, I believe. Wow. And we probably started recording in 2005 or four. So we've almost been recording, you know, about eight or nine years. Um, and I think the last one we did not too long ago, where they were searching for Goof Beards the Pirate, who was <laughs> Goofy's grandfather. And that was voiced by Dick Van Dyke. Oh, wow. And uh, uh, that was a big thrill. Another, another great voice. Yeah, I'd worked with him once before, and he's in his 80s and has more energy than most 20-year-olds. <laughs> wow. Now, let's go back to the, the new shorts going on. You know, first, let me just say that I'm always skeptical when they take something I love and give it a new look. You know what I mean? Uh-huh, uh-huh. But If it ain't broke, why fix it? Exactly. Right? So, you know, the new animation, I wasn't a huge fan of when I saw the trailers and everything. But uh -huh. I, I finally sat down and watched, I think it was No Service, I think it's the name of the episode yes. I watched. It was great. I loved it. Yeah, it. Uh, I didn't know what to think because, of course, when we record, we are not watching anything. We, are, we don't have, uh, we're not, you know, looping to a movie. We just have a script. And so we're going, okay, well, this is a little different. Mm -hmm. uh, and you see kind of renderings and kind of sketches of what the characters will look like and the style they're going for, which is much more Ren and Stimpy kind of looking yeah. to me. And they are. They're a totally different take. It's more you know, Dippy the Goof than it is Goofy. <laughs> He's kind of in his old vest and has a tail. And it's kind of stylized Goofy. So we can kind of have a little bit of uh, liberty with the character a little bit and put them in situations that they never would have been in in, um, in earlier, you know, uh, versions of the character. You're so right about Dippy the Dog because it truly did feel like an older Mickey Mouse uh -huh. cartoon. Yes, and that's what they're, I think they're, uh, that's their whole idea is to kind of take them back to an earlier time when they were a little rougher around the edges, a little bit more rambunctious and not tamed as much as, if you will. So they're a little bit wilder characters. How many have you guys done so far? 
Oh, gosh. Um, I think they've recorded. I'm not in all of them, but uh, I have one next week to record, actually. I've probably done five to seven of them. Uh, one that's coming out, I don't think it's come out yet, is uh, is really one of my favorites, where Goofy is a zombie. Uh-huh. That's, that's different and <laughs> unique. That's nice. It's totally different. Uh, and I won't give much away that, yes, Goofy will be a zombie, kind of the walking <laughs> dead goof uh, uh-huh. kind of thing. I, I thought that was really out there, but uh, really is a, it is a fun little cartoon. What about Chris, the new voice of Mickey Mouse? Is he permanently the, the new voice of Mickey Mouse? No, uh, uh, as I understand it, for this series, because it's a little different take on the traditional uh, uh, Mickey, Brett Iwan. I, okay, as yeah. far as I know, they never t- call me about these things. But no, I believe Chris is doing it in this series and uh, this series only, as far as I know. You know, things in this business change daily, so who knows? But you know, but Chris is a, a great guy. I got to uh, uh, work with him a time or two, and uh, what a super guy. He's very nice, very talented. And uh, does a good job in these. He's a very good actor. Yeah, I was going to say, since you mentioned that it's going back to the old ways of Disney, he kind of has the Walt Disney take on Mickey Mouse a little more than than other voice actors, you know, doing Mickey. Yeah, it's like Mickey has been kind of tamed down because he's that corporate logo of a, you know, a giant entertainment empire. And so they kind of made him a little blander than he had been in the past, uh, in the 1930s and stuff, where he would be like, you know, cranking out a tune on a cow's tail and a little bit mean and more mischievous. And they're kind of going back to those roots. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm, I've, I was shocked. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I'm going to watch them all. When do they air? Are they just like spontaneous in between different shows on Disney Channel? You know, I I guess they're just kind of uh, spontaneous. I don't know. <laughs> and I hear, oh, I saw your thing, uh, you know, and they're on YouTube as well, a yep. lot of them. Um, and, uh, yeah, they'll show up on TV from time to time, as far as I know. They don't let me know. <laughs> and also, uh, if anyone wants to follow what I am doing, they can always, uh, you know, get in touch with me and uh, go to BillFarmer.com or at uh, GoofyBill on Twitter. And just, uh, I always tweet you know, what I'm up to. And if people want to find out, have them go there. And I love how you respond. I think you pretty much respond to everybody, it seems like, on Twitter. Oh, I try to. Oh, well, uh, you know, the fans are the most important thing. Yes. You know, they're the ones that keep us alive here. Well, Bill, that's all I've got. I I truly want to thank you so much for your time. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of your work. And I need to hear Goofy one more time. Can you close the podcast as Goofy? Gorge, well, this is your old pal Goofy saying, glad you joined us. <laughs> and that's going to conclude this episode of Saturday Morning Rewind. Please remember to rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. All of the links can be found on our website at hitrockbottom.org under the podcast section. Also remember to enter in and win the contest that I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast. The contest runs to the end of the month. Thanks again. I'll see you next time. Nice bike. Maybe we could borrow it? No, that's stealing. I'll ask for permission later. Uh-oh. Looks like you're asking for trouble now. Shipwreck! How would you like it if someone took your bike? I wouldn't. And if you get caught? I'd definitely end up in trouble. Remember, taking something that isn't yours just isn't right. Now I know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe!